Welcome to the Career Changes podcast, where we believe that it's never too late to redefine your path, rewrite your story, and reignite your passion for what you do. Are you ready for a career-changing adventure? Before we dive into these inspiring stories, we need your support. Hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and join our community of dream chasers. And then, be ready to find your inspiration. Hello, and welcome to to a new episode of The Career Changers. Our guest today is Christopher Veal, who went from serving nine years on active duty in the Marine Corps to a career in executive coaching and leadership development. Mm-hmm. He's the author of The Whole Man, Evolving Masculinity, and the host of the podcast, The Vulnerable Man. His work around masculinity and vulnerability aims to promote healthier masculinity in order to help men become better allies in addressing the issues of the world. Hi, Christopher. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Elisa. I'm so glad to be here. And as I said, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And that's the same for me. And before we delve into the hot topic of the day that is about positive masculinity, I would like to discover everything about your professional background as you change career too. So Mm -hmm. how did you start your professional life or better, what was your first job? Sure. You know, I think my first job, when I thought back out of high school, I was a private investigator and a security guard. So when I finished high school, I knew I didn't, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for college. And so I took a couple of years off and fell into that. And it was interesting work that really taught me a lot about being curious, which I think served me better later in life. And what was your dream job when you were a child? If you had asked me when I was eight or nine years old, I probably would have said a police officer, an astronaut, or a truck driver. And so then when you grow up, how did it happen? How did you start your career in the Marines Corps? Yes. So when I finished, when I got my degree from college, the next day is when I got my commission in the Marine Corps. I got commissioned as a second lieutenant. And the way I found my way to the Marine Corps was that my college roommate had looked into going into it. And as I learned more about it, I realized, wow, I'm I'm really curious to learn about myself as a leader. And so that's how I found my way into the Marine Corps. Mm. And how has been that experience? I guess you spent quite quite a long time there. Yes. You know, I really enjoyed my time and the lessons that I learned in the Marines. It taught me a lot about leadership, about good and where I've seen bad examples of leadership. But it also helped me really learn how I could push past my own boundaries and my own perceived boundaries that I had. And I always say, I miss the Marines, but I don't miss the Marine Corps. And that's pretty common for a lot of people that serve. We really appreciate the people that we serve with. Mm -hmm. So how and why did you decide to change your career and to leave the Marine Corps behind? Mm -hmm. You know, as I said, I, I loved my time that I was in the Marine Corps, but what was happening is, I was starting to notice that our deployment cycle of when we would be deployed into different places around the world was starting to get more and more frequent and the deployments were lasting longer. And I'd set a couple goals for myself when I went into the Marines and I'd already achieved them. And what I realized is I was getting tired of missing family events like birthdays or holidays or weddings and things like that. And I just decided, you know, I've done the things I wanted to do and it's time to move on and try something new. And so that was really at the core of my decision to to get out of the Marines. Mm. So when is in your journey that you started to think about the concept of healthy masculinity and what inspired you to focus on this topic? Yes. You know, thank you for asking that. 
my own journey of exploring what it meant for me, this idea of masculinity and what it meant to be a man, that's what started. So when I left the Marine Corps, I went into construction doing project management, which I say was a job that fit my skills but didn't feed my soul. And in both the Marines and in construction, I did well in the jobs that I did, but I also felt like I could only bring a part of myself. And what I realized is I was being exposed to a very narrow version of what masculinity could be in both of those careers. And so I wanted to explore more and discover what masculinity really meant for me. And that's a big piece of it. And I'll also say another thing that's really kept me focused on this work is I have a daughter, a teenage daughter. And part of what I want to do is make sure that I'm leaving the world a better place for her. And part of that is how do I help create more healthy masculinity in the world? Oh, that sounds beautiful. I wish every man would talk like this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so we can be an inspiration today. So in today's world, what can be defined um, as healthy masculinity versus what is called toxic masculinity? Yes. You know, Lisa, for me, one of the things I do is I like to use the terms healthy and unhealthy masculinity. Okay. And I'm not a big fan of the term toxic masculinity. And I know it got a lot of traction recently. But for me, in a, in a really simplified form, unhealthy masculinity comes from a place of either or thinking. The examples I like to use is either I can be a breadwinner or I can be a caregiver. Either I can be strong and independent as a man, or I can share that I'm struggling and ask for help. When I think about healthy masculinity, it comes from a place of both and. So it could be, I can be a breadwinner and a caregiver. I can be strong and independent and also be vulnerable and know that sometimes I don't have it all figured out. Hmm. So what are some common stereotypes or misconceptions about masculinity that needs to be challenged, in sure. your opinion? Yeah, you know, a lot of it falls into what we call this idea of man box thinking. It was a concept that's been around for a while, but it's things like as a man, you should always win. You should never show weakness, never show emotion, always win and strive and never fail. And the list goes on and on. And it's that kind of thinking that really has men feeling confined, like they can't show up as themselves. You know, if I don't know how to rebuild a motor and go hunting, then somehow I'm not a man. That's part of the myth we need to get rid of and move away from. And what have been the positive example in your life and in your career? You know, I've had a number of them. So I, one of the greatest leaders I've ever encountered is my first company commander when I was in the Marine Corps. And he came with a lot of humility but also willingness to show that he was always learning. And to the point that I have so much respect for him that if my phone rang right now and he said, hey, pack your bags, I need you, I would say on my way. And I wouldn't need to know where we were going or how long we were gonna be gone. That's how much respect I have for this man. And I think what's also happened is in the last several years, probably about the last decade of my life, as I've been really more conscious about what masculinity means to me and how I wanna shift the way I show up, I'm being more selective in the people that I'm around. And so that's also helping me connect with men that are also wanting to be a positive impact in the world. Mm. And if you want to mention, I guess you may have met several negative ones as well. Example of masculinity. You know, yeah, there we probably don't have to look far for examples of those. You know, there's a lot of them. And here's what I will say. I do appreciate them, which sounds a little bit odd. But I appreciate them because it helps remind me of the importance of the work that I'm doing and the men that I've encountered and women and people that are, you know, we're in a world now where we're beyond binary genders too. And so while those unhealthy examples or those negative examples are there, 
it serves as a reminder that we're making progress because they aren't always the ones that are getting all of the the airtime and all of the the publicity. Mm-hmm. So when when we're talking about negative masculinity, for mm-hmm. me it comes up the thought of what are the root cause of that. Mm-hmm. And automatically I think about the responsibility of fathers. Mm-hmm. So what role do fathers play in teaching their son healthy masculinity and the power of vulnerability as a man? You know, it's so there's a couple things in here. One, yes, it is. It's a responsibility of fathers. And a lot of the men. So I've been interviewing men for years. I've talked to hundreds, maybe thousands of men. What I also have to recognize and we have to recognize is the men that came before us were operating off the examples they saw. So we also can't make them wrong in the process. But what's important as we go forward is fathers need to make sure that they're showing examples to their sons and their daughters about what it means to have more healthy and inclusive masculinity. But I also say it's a responsibility of all people because yes, men need to show those examples, but we also need to look at what are the examples and the the messages that women send to men about what they're expecting. And so an example I love to use is I remember growing up when I was in my teenage years and in that place of you're trying to connect and you're interested in girls. A lot of the girls that I would talk to wanted that bad boy image, the guy that was a jerk. He was, you know, unapproachable, aloof. He didn't show emotions and they wanted the bad boy. The nice guy was the one they went and talked to to console them and help them feel better. But the message that unconsciously sends is, oh, as a young man, if I want to get the girl, I've got to be the jerk not the nice guy because the nice guy finishes last, right? We have that saying. And so I think it's important that we all recognize what are the messages that we're sending young boys and young women and all young people about what it means to be a man and how do we need to change some of that? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean for a man to be vulnerable? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the greatest gifts I've gotten in this journey that I'm on is that it's going to vary for each person. So I let go years ago of trying to find one all-inclusive definition of it. But what I'll say is for myself, it includes the willingness to look at who I am and own that, being willing to share that with others, and most importantly, not hiding behind a mask of what I think others want me to see or want me to be. And my definition continues to evolve also. So what I know is a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, that might shift as well as I continue to explore who I am and what it means for me to show up in a healthy way. Mm. Well, it's also vulnerability is defined as something that allows us to deepen our relationship because we need to show who we are. Mm -hmm. So how a man that allows himself to be vulnerable can actually increase his success in life and also improve his relationships? I believe that vulnerability is the gateway to deep connection. And that was the core theme of my talk when I did a TED talk back in 2017. You know, I've worked with and for a lot of leaders. And one of the things that I see is that when those leaders bring an appropriate level of real vulnerability, it creates more trust and connection. And ultimately, it helps them become more effective and have greater impact. And so what I know is when I think about the leaders that have had the most impact on me, they're the ones that have been willing to bring some vulnerability. And I think that's a key piece is that we also need to Get rid of this idea that people have that vulnerability is a weakness, because when you ask people about, you know, if someone shares something important or vulnerable to you, how do you feel? And most people will say, wow, I feel really proud, or I appreciate they trusted me with that. 
But then we ask, well, what stops you from being vulnerable? People often go, oh, I don't want to be judged as being less than or not enough. And so we need to pull a, pull that apart and help people recognize that it is a strength and we're really good at seeing it in others, but not seeing it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when we think about, man, or at least when I do think about group situation, there is a little bit these stereotypes that men do not talk uh, much mm-hmm. about feelings or they find it mm-hmm. more challenging and it's more about hanging around and, and mm-hmm. you know maybe sharing activities together mm-hmm. so the same way this makes me think that there is a sort of peer pressure to to be in a certain way how can men deal with that and and maybe recognize when they need to to have a different voice and and make positive choices instead of just follow the group Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think it's important to note is men want deeper connection. As I said, I've interviewed hundreds or thousands of men. And one of the common themes is you can tell they want that. But sometimes we don't feel safe. Again, coming back to some of this man box thinking that we often hear. So what I would say is it's about finding spaces where you feel psychologically safe to do it and really be willing to open up. You know, there, there is this idea of peer pressure. And sometimes you just need to take that stand. You know, if there's something being said that you don't believe in, you have to have the courage to say, you know what, that's wrong. And there may be repercussions. Other men may, you know, put you in that out group as a result. But ultimately, you know, what I look at is at the end of the day, when I look at myself in the mirror, can I respect the way I showed up as a man today? And if I can, then I feel I've done the right thing. I think another piece of it that's important too is we need to make sure that we're starting to show more examples of what healthy masculinity is. So if you look at a lot of the portrayals of men in the media, in movies and TV, a lot of the times it's this big, strong, very muscle bound, like character, this alpha male who, who does it all and never needs help. And if there's a man who is sensitive and caring or in touch with his emotions, he's usually the comic sidekick. And so again, that message that it sends to boys is, oh, you want to be the hero of the story, be the strong man that doesn't show emotion. If you're the nice guy, hey, you're coming along for the ride, but that's not what everybody wants. And so the more we start to promote examples of what it can look like, and what I say is a more expansive way of of masculinity showing up, then the more it allows men to really step into it. And I think those are all pieces of it. Hmm. So we need to create new superheroes then. (laughs) You know what? I I love that idea. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and it's not to say we get rid of all the things. So that's one of the reasons in my book, I I chose evolving masculinity because there are some parts to being a man that are good, but there's also some parts that won't serve us going forward. So in nature, when an organism evolves, it keeps what it needs and adopts new behaviors to thrive in the new environment. And that's part of what we need to do. Look at how can we create a more expansive version of of masculinity for the world? Hmm. I think that for men... Accepting vulnerability means also coming to terms that they have to be perceived as strong in, mm-hmm. at the same time. Yes. So how can men challenge their vulnerability without compromising their sense of strength? Yeah. You know, Elisa, that's, that's a question that a lot of people ask me. And I think where I would point them is it's getting clear on what's important to you. That's where it starts. When I come from a place of being grounded in my values and my beliefs, then I'm able to stand in the face of other people that may disagree. And it's not about me trying to convince them that I'm right and they're wrong, but I come from a place of more understanding. 
where we often fall into the trap is we think if you're not in agreement with me, you're against me. And that's not the case at all. So I think to the question of how can we lean into without compromising our strength, it comes back to that idea of it's not either or, you know, if I show vulnerability, if I lean into it, that doesn't mean that I'm giving up my strength. Some of the people that I have the most respect for have been vulnerable and I don't ever look at them and, and say, oh, you're weak or you're less strong because of it. It actually, to me, takes strength to show that courage. Yeah, definitely. So you are doing an amazing work, uh, increasing awareness and helping men to become more vulnerable. It's easy to forget uh, what is our impact in the world. But mm -hmm. how do you feel uh, maybe when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, <laughs> as you <laughs> said before, that you are making the world a better place? You know, I think the simple answer is it. I look actually not at myself, but I look at who are the people in my world now? And what I recognize is some of the people that I'm connected with now are up to some amazing stuff and they're looking to make a difference. And I know that the work that I'm doing aligns with some of it, but it is also a little bit different. And I love that, you know, we are all like, I'm imagining a better possibility. As I said, my daughter is my primary motivation for this work. And so all I can do is keep trying each day. I don't know if, if things will completely change in my lifetime. But all I can do is each day work to bring it a little bit closer so that, again, my daughter and, and the next generation learn to live in a world where healthy masculinity is the rule and not the exception. Hmm. So we're reaching the end of this episode, but we <laughs> still have a few more questions. So the first one is, if you could give only one piece of advice to any man out there that would like for the first time maybe to explore the vulnerable side what would you say? Quite simply, lean in and do it. Start small. You don't have to share the, the deepest thing in you, but be willing to try something. And it's important to remember that you don't want to let how people respond to your vulnerability stop you. Just because they may be uncomfortable with vulnerability doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. And for me, that was a big challenge is that I initially, when I would start being vulnerable, other men would sometimes lean back. And what, I, what I've learned is they're on their own journey and I can't expect them to be where I'm at, but I'm still going to keep leaning in. Mm. So how that would manifest in which ways? One of the things I love to say is go first. So a lot of times we might sit there and wait for someone else to be vulnerable. But one of the, the other things I've seen is when someone's willing to be vulnerable, it's an invitation for the person in the conversation with them to do the same. And so what I often do is I'm willing, if I'm in a setting, I'm willing to be a little bit vulnerable as a way to open the door. And I'm not attached to whether that other person in the conversation doesn't return. But usually when I do, they're willing to do the same. And that's where we can really start to take the connection deeper. And in your experience, what's the biggest challenge that the men have to face to open up themselves uh, to vulnerability? You know, it, it's letting go of the concern about how you'll be judged. You know, a lot of men, again, I say, I point to the thing I said before, they often, when they see vulnerability in other men, they really appreciate it. They have respect for it. They see it as a strength. And so I think what we need to let go of is this idea that I'm going to be weak or less than if I show vulnerability, because that's, that's not what it, that's not what the research shows. Mm -hmm. 
And so if anyone would like to reach out to you, I'm sure they will. And they want to find more information how and where they can look or find you. Yeah. So a couple places. One, if you find me on LinkedIn, it's Christopher Veal. And you'll know it's the right one because it has Vulnerability Vanguard after my name. So that's one place. If you want to learn more about the book, the website is wholemanjourney.com. And if you want to learn about the podcast, The Vulnerable Man, it's vulnerable-man.com. Thank you. So now we are reaching really the end of this episode. And we have the last question that we ask to all of our guests. So if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Maybe, Mm. I don't know if you were vulnerable already at the time. Yeah, no, you know what I was? Oh, no, I wasn't. Believe me, I was not here back then. You know, here's, I think the, the simple version of it is I would tell myself, it's okay to be yourself. There are going to be some people that will appreciate it and some that won't, but the ones that matter in life are never going to ask you to be anyone, but who you truly are. Well, thank you, Christopher, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational career change story and wisdom with our listeners. Mm, thank you for having me, Lisa. And the last message for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changes. Thank you. Thank you.